You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. No one shows. You're right by them and field inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You know, we've got a uh, a little bit of a stretch here before we get to the next uh, Packers football game, right? So what I thought we would do is why not dip into the vault today and kind of go back in time and, and watch a classic game and do it from a chalk talk standpoint, right? And, you know, there was many, many games that we could choose from. And the one I specifically chose, it kind of had a little theme to it, right? Um, I wanted to kind of go back and, um, and you know, as we step into the Jordan Love era, I guess is the best way to set this up. You know, we're kind of looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, what's, what's Jordan going to have to do to be successful, right? And, you know, I guess the best way to do that is to, is to kind of look back and say, okay, we had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks come through here recently, right? You had obviously Brett Favre, and then you had Aaron Rodgers, right? And and when you look at their coming out parties, a lot of times it's easy to just look back and go, oh, yeah, they were Hall of Famers, you know, from the get-go. And that, that really wasn't the case, right? In most cases, that that wasn't how it went. I'll take this earpiece out, and I apologize for the voice. We're battling what I believe is a little bit of Rona today. So uh, it is what it is. We'll get through it. Um, so – when you look at those Hall of Fame quarterbacks, it's easy to to look back, you know, after they've had a successful career and go, man, it was just always like that. And it wasn't the case. You know, when Brett came in for Don Mikowski, obviously because of the injury, um, you know, nobody expected him to succeed. You know, Ron Wolf believed in him, obviously giving up a first round pick for a second round, uh, you know, talent as far as, you know, the, the, the talent evaluation that the Falcons had on Brett when they drafted him. And when Aaron stepped in, guys, I was in the I was in the stadium when Aaron made his first start, right? I'm telling you right now, people weren't running around that stadium going, Yeah, we got us a great quarterback. We were going, let's see what we got here, man. Let's see what we got. It, it's gonna there's gonna be growing pains. Many things that are being said, you know, the, similar to Jordan Love. So I'm not sitting here saying Jordan Love is gonna be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not sitting here saying that uh, you know, calling the shot on that. What I'm simply saying is when you look back at the things that happened for those young quarterbacks, those being Brett and being Aaron, there was a lot of things around them that went well. You know, Aaron stepped into a good receiving core, right? With Brett, he came in and they had a pretty stout defense. Now, they didn't have they didn't have Reggie White yet, but you had your Leroy Butlers already in-house, right? And it's like, okay, when you look at Brett's first game, when he got thrust into the mix against the Cincinnati Bengals, Right. It was September 20th, 1992. 
And you look at all the things that happened throughout the course of that game for them to come back and win that ball game. First of all, they had no business winning that ball game, mainly because of the turnovers. The I think they fumbled the ball seven times. I think they only gave it away three times. But Brett was just all over the joint, right? He had no clue what he was doing. He was trying to get his feet under him, thrust into the mix. That's the game we're going to cover today, all right? And what we're going to do is kind of talk about some of the key moments, just like we do on every Chalk Talk episode. And there's some that we left out for time's sake, and there's there's others that I would like to mention as we go through. That's kind of the goal here. You know, the fact that there was two two Packers interceptions in the first half, that kept them in that ball game, right? Um, little things like that. So I just want to give a shout-out to the chat real quick. We got Red Mo in the house. We got a uh, Doe Soldier. That's funny, right? Uh, <laughs> we got Brandy in here, and we got uh, Zane. What's up, Clayton? Time for some chalk talk. Yes, sir. Let's go into the vault, guys. Let's do it. Y'all ready? All right. Here's what we're going to do. Hopefully, you guys can see this okay. Obviously, you can hear me fine. Nobody's complaining about no audio yet, so we should be good. This is September 20th, 1992. We're going to try to do this quick. All right. This first play, kind of tough to watch, but we're going to watch it because it really sets the stage. This is the Don Mikowski injury, okay? I'm going to roll the tape. First of all, look at the Packers and what they come out in here. Let's let's at least talk about the formation that got our boy's ankle absolutely destroyed, all right? It was 11A strong right doubles, crosser cab, Y mesh, Z post, T leak. What's all that mean? We have got uh, 11 ace, obviously, one running back, one tight end. That's your 11 personnel. Ace is a single back set, strong right. The tight end's on the right side of the field, right? You got your doubles look. It's a two-by-two two set. The tight end being, you know, attached to the line, being part of the two-by-two two up top. And then you've got the play itself. What we have is crosser, cab, Y-mesh, Z-post, T-leak. Let's talk about what that means real quick, okay? Crosser, cab. Again, a cab set is typically this, okay? That's typically – your cab concept, right? What I call crosser cab is when you run kind of a double, a high, low crosser, okay, like this, right? And then you've got Y mesh. It, the Y tied in here is going to be on a shallow cross, but there's your mesh point right there. That's what makes it mesh, right? And then we've got Z post. It's going to run a little post route. And then we got a T leak who he's just going to block. And most of the time it's an option route. They'll, sometimes they'll leak out here. Sometimes they'll leak out to the side that type of thing. That was a staple in the Bill Walsh slash Mike Holmgren offense is leaking those running backs underneath. That way, when those crossers came through, it would clear a void. Now, the ball is never going to be thrown here. Okay, so let's go ahead and roll it. I just want to point this out. This is the play where Don Mikowski's ankle gets hurt. Okay, you see him drop back, pressure everywhere. Guy falls on his ankle. And really, the rest is history. You can see them there. I mean, it was it was bad. I think there, they said there was no breaks, if I remember correctly, but there was definitely lig ligament damage. And he obviously would never recover from that. And, and Don Mikowski being a quarterback that really relies on his feet, right, relies on his ability to move around. Let's talk about what caused it, okay? This is what we call a TT or a twist, all right? What's a TT? So typically with a TT, what you've got is your two defensive tackles are going to run what we call a stunt or a twist. All right. You're seeing a lot of that from from teams today, especially even with the run defense. Like I had mentioned so many times, Carolina did it a couple of years ago and it really, uh, really disrupted the run against their opponents. But essentially what you got is this guy's going to try to work in. This guy's going to try to loop around and they're both going to see if they can create confusion right here to try to get to the quarterback. OK, that's what we call a TT twist. Now, if it was an ET, right, it would be an ET stunt. Then this end right here will be crashing down, and the T would wrap around, okay? The tackle would wrap around. That's what we would call an ET, right? If it was a TE, this tackle 
would slam down and free up a free runner for the end. That would be called a TE. But again, we're talking about the two tackles. So what we have is a TT or a twist. All right. You can watch them as we roll the tape here. They create confusion right off the bat. <clears throat> there you see him changing place. He smacks the center. You got one free run and 65 leaves him. And then what do you have? You got this guy right here who's got a free run at Don Mikowski. Don Mikowski really has nowhere to go. I mean, he can really try to shoot out here, but by this time he's looking downfield. It's too late. And you can see he tries to get out of harm's way. Guy lands on his ankle, tears the ligaments, right? Insert number four, Brett Favor. <laughs> All right. And this is where it gets really, really interesting. We're going to fast forward ahead. This is the middle eight, okay? And I wanted to point out this play because it was important. You know, right here with Chris Jackie, um, you know, being the kicker for the Packers, you're kind of on the cusp of field goal range right here, right? You know, from this point here, you'd be looking at roughly a 47-yard. Jackie could probably hit that, but he did struggle in this game, if I remember correctly. So it's the middle eight. This is going to lead to a field goal, which means Green Bay would win the middle eight three to nothing, which is really, really crazy considering, you know, how many points were scored in this game and the back and forth battle between Boomer Esiason and a young Brett Favre. Um, but Green Bay did win the middle eight, and it was mainly because of this play right here. So let's talk about what this play, what happens on this play. We've got a 12 ace, strong right, Z motion tight, X fade, YH crosser cab, Z flat T leak, okay? 12 personnel, one running back. Two tight ends. That's your 12 look. It's strong right. Both of these tight ends are on this side of the field, okay, on the right side of the field. You've got Z motion tight, which basically means your Z receiver, and I believe this might be Sterling Sharp. Don't quote me. I think it is. He's going to motion in tight, okay, and he's going to set up right here. That's going to make it a tight formation. He is the Z receiver. Why is he the Z receiver? He's the Z receiver because opposite the strong side of the formation, right, this is your strong side of the formation where your two tight ends are strong right. Opposite side on the line of scrimmage is your X receiver. That makes the other guy your Z. Okay, so it's going to be Z motion tight. Now let's talk about what the play design is. You've got X fade. Okay, your X receiver is basically going to run a nine route. It's going to be a fade route Okay, down the sideline. You have got also... You've got YH crosser cab. Here is your Y tight end. He's attached, okay? He's going to run a crosser. Then you've got your H back or your H tight end. Some people would call this a U. Some people would call this an F. Uh, you know, again, I like to keep it simple. I like to go Y, and then when there's a second tight end, it could be an H unless they are flexed out, and it's it's someone like a uh, uh, Luke Musgrave we would refer to as an F tight end. Don't get caught up in all that lingo it really doesn't even matter there's your yh crosser cab okay your z is going to motion in and then he's just going to run a flat route okay out here and then you've got your t leak who's got the choice route you know he could go out here he could go underneath you know however he sees fit sometimes the play call is uh is not not so much a choice route as it is, you know, it's okay, it's firm here. I want you to run a Texas here. I want you to run a sneak, whatever. I know this with Holmgren, they like to run a lot of sneak, right, which is basically recently and a lot of Texas, okay? That's your Texas right out of the backfield. But, again, he's going to run a leak, okay? So let's roll the tape. You're going to see the Z motion from the bottom of the screen. There's Sterling Sharp. He's going to Z in tight, and he's going to bounce back out, Okay. Now you see your crosser cab developing. You see these guys right here, right? He's running that crosser, and there's one behind him as well. That's where Brett's going to get the ball to. And I want you to watch Brett here in the pocket. He stands right in the face of trouble. That dude throws a spin move, and look at him let that go, right? Quick release, 
bang, that would set up the field goal that would win you the middle eight. And again, some people would look at that and go, Clayton, there was a lot, a lot more exciting plays. This next one is one of them. A lot more exciting plays than just a, you know, whatever it was, a 12-yard gain. I'm telling you guys, it's absolutely huge. We end up winning by one point in this game, right? If you don't hit that route and put yourself in field goal range for a chip shot field goal, you don't win the middle eight. Therefore, you lose three points. Therefore, you lose the game by two points. Think about it. It's absolutely huge. It's big for momentum and everything. Right. You know, they came out in the second half and had a long drive, it was like a 12 or a 13 play drive and didn't even come away with any points. But, you know, we, we're not going to you know, that's a that's better than that's better than giving up points. Right. That's better than not having a long drive because you kept their defense on the field. But again, the middle eight score was three to nothing. Green Bay It's absolutely important. And for those of you that are new to the stream, if you don't know what I'm saying with middle eight, it's the last four minutes of the first half. The first four minutes of the second half. It's absolutely crucial for the momentum of the game. Typically, if you take a team. If a team wins the middle eight and they win the turnover differential, they're running away with the game. Now, in this case, I'm, I'm almost positive the Packers in this game did not win the turnover differential. However, they did win the middle eight, so it's a push. You see it ends up being a one-point game by the time it's over. This is a huge play here. This came 12:43 left in the game, so we're in the fourth quarter already. All right, Terrell Buckley, first-round pick, cornerback for the Packers. Some, some would consider him one of the biggest busts in Packers history. And what's crazy is – in Brett Favre's first comeback win, his first time with significant, you know, first game with significant time at starter coming in for a hurt Don Mikowski. This play right here by Terrell Buckley is the reason they won this game. It's one of a few reasons that they won this game, but this is a 58-yard punt return for a touchdown, okay? And this is early in the fourth quarter. This is what gets them back in it, guys, because at this point, it's 17-3. to Think about that. You're down 17-3, to and watch Terrell Buckley here. First of all, Look at that cut right there. I mean, it's absolutely filthy. Puts his foot in the ground. I'm going to roll it back. Look right here. Foot in the ground. I want to freeze frame it right here. Look at every one of these defenders. This blows me away. Look at their body lean. <laughs> every one of them on the field are having to cut back against the grain because of that cut that Buckley just made. Every one of them are out of position. And I want you to watch Buckley, how quick he goes to the Deion Sanders high step. Look right here. That that absolutely tickled me to death seeing him go high stepping right off the bat. Like, got you you've got like two or three more guys you've got to beat to the end zone. This dude's already high stepping like Neon Dion. You could tell that's where he got it from too. Look at this down the sideline. Look at him holding that holding that ball like a loaf of bread. Look at him. <laughs> Again, ends up being one what's considered to be one of the biggest busts in Packers history. But this this game here, man. Absolutely crucial for them to come away with Favre's first comeback win for sure. So again, that was at that point it was seventeen to three, and then it was seventeen to ten. So let's go to this next play where the drive actually started at the ten yard line. All right, so we're deep in the fourth quarter now. We're probably more than halfway through the fourth quarter, and that's another thing I noticed about these classic games. Notice there's no ticker. I couldn't tell you how many times I was watching this game. I was on the bike this morning. I, I rode like ten miles and watched this game on the bike. And the whole time I'm going, can I please get an update on what quarter and what time is left on the clock? Like they they did nothing. It was just all right. Here's your random first and ten. I could only imagine how difficult it would be to watch tape back then. But uh, anyway, the drive started at the ten yard line. They're pushing it down to midfield now. They're at the forty nine yard line. We're losing twenty to ten in the fourth quarter. Okay, and here's what we come out in. We come out in a twenty one pro set. Some of you guys are going, what's pro set? This is the first time, to the best of my knowledge, on Chalk Talk, I have said the words pro set. This was really, really popular 
way back in the day. The pro set kind of got weeded out, in my opinion, and they still use it from time to time. San Francisco will use it from time to time, but it really got weeded heavily out of the NFL. I want to say in, around the early 2000s, right? And you're going to see when it comes to the NFL, everything's cyclical. All these, some of these formations are going to come back. Some of these defensive tactics are going to come back. Some of these offensive, you know, schematic, uh, you know, adjustments are going to come back around because you're constantly, it's this revolving door of ideas in the NFL. When they start leaning too heavy on one thing, then you come back, you dip back into the vault and go, okay, what did they do 30 years ago to beat that? Right. And it comes back around. That's what I love about the NFL. But again, losing 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter, this is a 21 pro set. What's a pro set? First of all, 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end, okay? What a pro set is, it's also known as a split backfield, okay? So with a pro set, you've got the quarterback under center and then split back roughly four, maybe five yards. You've got two running backs, typically a fullback and a halfback, that are in the split, you know, in a split back set. So it kind of makes like the old-fashioned T formation, if you look there, right? Kind of makes a T. So when you see that and how it lines up, that's what you call pro set. Really, really popular back in the day. All right. So we got 21 pro set. We're going strong right. Your tight ends on the right side of the line of scrimmage. We're going twin left, meaning two wide receivers on the left side of the field. And again, 21 guys means two running backs, one tight end. Okay. That I want to point that out. Two running backs, one tight end. That's important. Your twin left is over here. Okay. So again, the play call is 21 pro set, strong right, twin left, smash, Y curl, T swing, H leak. Let's talk about what all that means, okay? Smash, first of all, twin left smash. A smash concept is when your outside receiver, what most people refer to is this is your number one receiver, this is your number two. Basically, from the from if you were to stand in the safety's position and stare at the offense, so you're looking from the defense's perspective, the receiver closest to the sideline will be your number one receiver. Then the next one over to the left will be your number two. Then the next one will be your number three if it was a three-by-set. Okay, so that's just a quick way for them to communicate number one, number two, the defense knows which receiver they're talking about when they're communicating on the field. Hey, I got number one. Hey, you take number two. That's what they're talking about. This is your number one receiver. That's your number two receiver in this twin set. So with smash curl or smash Y curl, a smash concept, the number one or outside receiver will run a curl. The number two will run a corner off of it. Okay, so you're trying to create isolation on the sideline. That's your smash aspect. You got Y curl. Okay, the Y is the tight end, the attached tight end. It's a strong right set. He's going to come out here and just run a little curl route, okay? Then you've got T-swing, right, and H-leak, okay? So with T-swing, he's going to swing out, and then you've got the H-leak, okay? That's how the play is going to be designed here. I may have the H and the T mixed up here as we roll it forward. Let me just see here real quick. I want to, I want to tell you guys right. Yep, I had it right. So your swing is at the bottom. So keep in mind that Sterling Sharp that's in the slot, or the number two receiver spot, okay? And he's going to run the deep corner. Look where Brett's going right here, guys. Again, this is in the fourth quarter, okay? When the game's on the line, think player, not play. He doesn't look anywhere else other than Sterling Sharp here. Now, he knows he's got a single high safety, which simply says the middle of the field is closed. So he's going to hammer this corner route. Look at the touch Brett puts on that ball. That's an absolutely perfect pass. Look where Sterling catches that. And there's many people... You've heard us talk about on Twitter and on YouTube how Sterling Sharp deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. This You're going to see this, this highlight reel before he gets hurt, just how valuable he was. 
and you see him cut up field. Brett gives him enough room where he can get a little yak too. Watch his release. There was nobody that was better at release than Sterling Sharp. I'm telling you, it was it was a part of his game. That, and I want you to look at this. That's what we call stride length. Look how long his legs are. It's something that Greg Cosell said he watched tape for so long at NFL Films and didn't even realize that stride length was so important. Stride length is what creates separation on the field. It's why some people run strong 40-yard dash times, right? And then they get in the league and they don't seem as fast. And the ones who do seem as fast are on the football field and they're clocked with a faster speed, like a Luke Musgrave at, you know, whatever it was, 21, 22 mile an hour. It's because they've got that stride length. Stride length is so underrated in the NFL. But watch him create separation. Watch his hands. Get off me. A little smack, bang. Look at that separation already. Like that, that and again, it's I'm telling you, it's stride length. He absolutely – I mean, look at the space he's already created between him and the DB. Good, clean release. Brett anticipates it, puts it right on the money. And, of course, Sterling going to catch it, cut it up, field, get another five to seven yards. Sterling Sharp was just an absolute dog. That was a huge play, okay? So, all right, this episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Their award-winning sauces and rubs will add flavor to your Packers watch parties. The sweet and tangy Dixie Red Sauce Packs, a one-two punch with brown sugar and molasses, and the spicy Chicago fire sauce brings the heat with its fiery chili blend. Complete the championship flavor profile with their secret recipe, brisket, and rib rubs. And for the ultimate game day experience, let Old Southern Barbecue handle the catering for you. Their smoked meats, homemade sides, and cornbread muffins will have your crowd cheering. Visit OldSouthernBarbecue.com today for catering menus and to order their mouth-watering sauces and ribs. Guys, I'm telling you, this is some of the best sauces and rubs that I've ever tried. Like I, like I talked before, Jacob sent me some of their Chicago fire sauce. It completely replaced the local stuff that I absolutely loved. I actually let a couple friends try their sauce as well while they were here, fell in love with it. And uh, it's definitely something you want to try out. You know, that's something we pride ourselves on here at Packernet. If you guys follow us on social media, if you, you know, follow along any at all, you know, we're always posting pictures of what's on the smoker, right? What's on the grill is something that we're very passionate about because food goes hand in hand with football. And I'm telling you, man, if you're into barbecue, you've got to check out Old Southern Barbecue and their sauces and rubs, everything they've got across the board. And if you're local there, you know, they've got several different spots that you can check them out um, in person. I know I wish I was local. I'm down here in Tennessee. I wish I was in the area to, to actually try it out. They're located in Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. But again, if you're at a distance, go check out their website, oldsouthernbarbecue.com. You will not be disappointed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Fourth quarter, later that drive, we're still losing 20 to 10. Now we're on the five-yard line. Okay, we're going to come out now this time in a 21 offset pro, strong right, twins left, T motion to Z, X fade, slot choice, T flat, H leak. All right, 21 offset pro, what's that mean? Two running backs, one tight end. Okay, strong right means the tight end's on the right. Now you guys are going, what's offset pro mean, Clayton? Remember what we talked about the pro set. Just a second ago, the pro set would have looked like a T, right? Well, now you notice they're closer together here, Okay. These two running backs are closer together. One running back is directly behind Brett Favre. That's what you call a offset pro set, okay, which we just call it offset pro, or it could be pro set off. Some people have said it like that. Don't get too caught up into the details of the lingo. There, and, 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 you know, the, the Packers may have had just a code word for it. They may have called it, you know, Banshee, you know, who knows. So that's what a 21 offset pro is. So 21 offset pro strong right, twins left. Again, you're seeing that twins look over here, and that's Sterling Sharp right here in the slot, okay? Uh, T motion to Z, what's that mean? It means your T running back is going to motion out here, and now he's going to become the Z receiver. Some people would just say T motion flex, and they wouldn't even refer to him as a Z. They may still refer to this guy as a Z. I don't see it that way. I see him as a slot. Once this T clears the line of scrimmage, he is now the Z. Why is he the Z receiver? Because, again – the first thing you identify is the X receiver is on the line of scrimmage opposite the tight end, which means the other receiver would be the Z that would make him the slot. So I would refer to this as T motion to Z. Okay. Is how I would see that. So T motion to Z, we got X fade slot choice, T flat H leak. Basically this outside receiver here, your number one receiver is just going to run a nine fade route. He's going to kind of go to the corner and look for an isolation play. This is slot choice. This is uh, Sterling Sharp in the, in the slot. I think he's running a choice route. To me, it doesn't look like just a hard slant. To me, it looks like he's getting in here. He's reading the eyes of the defender, the body of the defender, and he's just going to try to create a little bit of separation and get down here um, and uh, and and give basically give Brett a window to get him the ball to. Okay. And again, when the game's on the line, think player not play. You can see Brett doesn't look. He kind of looks right because he wants to get this safety moving in this direction, and he's just going to Sterling this whole time. You can tell. So again, you've got. The X fade slot choice. You got the T flat. Remember, the T is going to motion to Z, and then he's just going to run a flat route, okay, up there. And then you've got H leak again. He's going to run a little choice route, maybe leak underneath, maybe go over here. That's the way the play's designed. So 
again, keying on Sterling Sharp here. When the game's on the line, think player, not play. Let's roll the tape. You'll see Brett. He's going to give a quick look up here to the right. There's your T motion to Z. Quick look right. Comes right back. He's looking for Sterling. Pop it in there. Look at Sterling fight for this touchdown. Basically carried through. He, he broke through three tackles to get into the end zone. There's that young Brett Favre fired up. Now I want you to look key in on Sterling Sharp. Look how he's acting weird. You see his hands kind of extended out. His ribs are hurt. To me, I think it happened on this play. I think he took a lick there, and that's when it messed up his ribs, and it's going to affect him the rest of this game. So, again, that touchdown, though, was absolutely huge. Watch him. Look at the hands. Such a physical receiver at the line of scrimmage. Bang, catches it, takes a lick there, and then gets landed on there right there on the backside, and you can see him kind of wincing. Some people think he's smiling. He ain't smiling. He's hurting, dude. He's hurting bad, too. So that kind of sets up the final drive. So now I think they got another field goal, if I remember correctly. So now we're in the fourth quarter, 54 seconds left. We're losing 23-17, to 17, so we're losing by six. Guys, it's going to take a touchdown and an extra point, right? This is where the legend of Brett Favre was born, okay? This drive right here. And guess where the, the first person he goes to? <laughs> you guessed it, our boy Sterling Sharp up here. All right, so we're going 21, ace double, strong right, three verts, Y-cross, Texas. Okay, now when I say 21 ace, it's so hard to watch this because the, the the clip that I watched, it was cutting in and out. So you couldn't tell if they actually got a substitute in or not. But regardless, in, at one point they're in a 20 personnel, and this may even be the play. And with 20 personnel, it's two running backs, no tight ends. And then another time I noticed there was two running backs, one tight end, and, and like two receivers. So I'm going to call it 21 ace double, strong right, three verts, Y cross Texas. All right, let's talk about what the route combination is here. Three verts. Okay, first of all, strong right. Your tight end obviously is on the right side of the, uh, of the ball, of the line of scrimmage. We're going three verts. Your number one receiver over here is going vert. Your number two is going vert, kind of working a skinny if you need to. And, and what they're doing is reading the defense, basically. And if he if he shades inside, he's going to bend it out and vice versa all the way across the board. Over here, you've got Sterling Sharp running a vertical route as well. That's the three verts aspect. You've got Y cross. This Y is going to look to work across the center of the field. And then you've got Texas coming right behind him. A Texas route is essentially, it looks like you're going to kind of run an angle. Some people would call that an angle. Some people would call it a sneak. To me, I've always seen a sneak as a play where they would come out here and square it off. And to me, that Texas is a little bit different. So again, you've got three verts, right? And, and Texas was a staple in Mike Holmgren's offense. You got the Y cross. And then you're going to have the Texas across the middle. Let's roll the tape here. Again, fourth quarter, 54 seconds left, down by six. Here's the snap. Look where Brett's going with the ball, guys. Step up in the pocket, avoid the twist, hammer it in there to Sterling Sharp. Now, look how Sterling lands right here. See his arm extended? He's trying to brace himself because of those ribs. And watch how hard he hits the ground. Mm. Look at him get up right here. Like, this dude was a gamer, man. God, we got robbed of so much good football when he got hurt. Dude, I still think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but you can see him. He Look, he can't even hold his left arm up. You see him up at the top there. Now, going no huddle here, I thought they would spike the ball. We're down to 40 seconds. Look, Sterling can't even hold his freaking arm up, right? Now, watch this. 21 pro set, strong right, XZ go, Y pick, H Texas, T leak. Okay, what does all that mean? Let's talk about it. 21, 
two running backs, one tight end. This is where it gets tricky because I noticed number 80 in there. Um, he, he can't I think his name was Harris, I believe was his name. Jackie Harris, I think, was a tight end. And he kept sneaking in and out of the set. And I'm like, I wish the clip would have rolled, you know, continuously through so I could determine whether or not they actually sub. But it really doesn't even matter. So 21 pro set, you see the pro sets back, right, how they're evenly distributed in the backfield. XZ go. Here is your X receiver opposite your tight end on the line of scrimmage. He's going to run a go. Here's your Z on the side of the tight end. He's going to run a go. Okay. Y pick. This Y here is going to run a little pick route. Today, this, this would get called every single time as a pick play, right? And, and the game has evolved and changed. It probably should have been a penalty back then. I'm sure it was in the rule book. But over time, you know, they start to uh, – Teams start to try to exploit certain aspects of the game, certain tactics. And, of course, the rules committee will put, quote, unquote, I know you don't want to hear it, I don't want to say it, emphasis on specific penalties, right? And this is one of those uh, type of plays. I don't think he's actually running uh, a crosser to get open. I think he's setting a pick for the Texas. And I think that's probably – it may have even been Texas pick or pick Texas, something like that, telling the, telling the why, telling the tight end, look, just get in the way. What you want to do is wall off these defenders down here so we can run this Texas route underneath. And I thought it's brilliant because that that previous play, if you guys remember, what did we do? We hammered the go in the bunker. What do I mean by bunker? Typically, when you've got underneath coverage, like this guy right here, right, he's looking to cover his way out. You've got a single high safety up top. To me, the bunker is back here. You've got two bunkers on both sides of the field. Whether you're playing a cover two zone or a cover one man, you've got the bunker and you've got the base back here that's behind the linebackers. That's that's what I refer to as the bunker and the base. When they're running a just a traditional cover two zone where you've got that void in between the safeties, you want to hammer that base, right? Well, in some cases, if the safety does cheat over and they got some late rotation, that's when you want to hit what I refer to as the bunkers back here. But again, we just hit that whole shot. Other people call that a whole shot. Um, you hit the whole shot, you hit the bunker, right? Now what do you do? The defense is keying in on that, right? I guarantee you they're looking for that now. So now what you're going to do, like we said, is a little Y pick, wall these guys off, run a Texas underneath, and it works to perfection. Watch this play unfold here. Again, no huddle, hurry up. There comes the Texas route. Bang it in there. You see the wall? <laughs> I'm going to roll it back. Again, to me, it looks like this tight end wasn't looking to get open. He's just looking to get in somebody's way, and you see him. Wall that defender off, takes him out. Beautiful gain on Texas there. All right, so now we're rushing to the line of scrimmage. I mean, the game's on the line. And look at the poise. Look at look at Favre. Push his center. Get up there, dude. Let's snap the freaking ball. Let's spike it here. I mean, you, you can see it come alive. There's some people, there's some players in the history of the game, and you see it today too, where it's just when the game is on the line, when all the pressure mounts in the world, they just rise to the occasion. And I know there were so many times we've seen Brett throw picks in, in game-winning situations. We've seen it over and over and over, but there was multiple times too that you've seen him do this. And the game wasn't too big for him. Again, he's going to make mistakes, but he's going to make them big, right? And when you're willing to make mistakes big, it's, it's kind of been one of the knocks against Aaron Rodgers over the years. He doesn't take enough chances, right? With Brett, he took too many chances. With Aaron, he didn't take enough chances, which I always got tickled at the Aaron Rodgers slander because literally last season, on the same exact tweets, I had people telling me that Aaron Rodgers is too interested in playing hero ball, meaning he just wants to throw it deep. And then others saying all he does is throw it short. That's why his completion percentage was 1% higher than his career average before he broke his thumb. And I'm going, okay, I, you, you got to pick one or the other. You can't have both of them, right? 
But again, Brett was just one of those guys that when the game was on the line, it didn't seem too big for him. He was he was willing to take those shots, much like Michael Jordan in basketball. So here you see Sterling finally has had enough. They spiked the ball out of that no huddle set, uh, no huddle uh, set there, doing kind of that muddle huddle to get down in position. He's now having to come out of the game. So now you're without your best player. Okay, you could tell he's hurting. He's like, I can't do this. <laughs> right, 19 seconds left, down by six points. We come out in 11 ace double, strong right, all go T league. Let's talk about what that means. Again, 11, one running back, one tight end. Strong right, the tight end's on the right side of the formation. We're going all go T league. This is real simple. Everybody, these receivers, you're all running go routes, including the tight end. All right. So what you're going to see is a go route, a go route, a go route, kind of working a skinny post, but it's still a go. You're, you're reading the defender and then a go route. So you've got a safety back here that's off the screen, okay? I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. There's a safety back here, okay? So what Brett's read is is really, really simple. What Brett's looking to do is he's looking to read that safety. If the safety bends outside, then guess what he does? He hammers it right here to the tight end, okay? If the safety stays at home, then he's hammering it out here in the whole shot again, right? So keep that in mind. I want you to watch Brett Favre, young number four. Watch this pump fake he throws. He knows exactly what he's doing here. As the ball snapped, again, 19 seconds, game is on the line, down by six points. Watch this pump. That's for the safety. That holds the safety for just a split second, guys. That little pump fake, as silly as it sounds, I guarantee you it made that safety go flat-footed, and that forces him to respect that skinny post by the tight end, even though it's covered. And then watch Brett. Going to fire that thing in there. Whole shot, touchdown, tie ball game. You're going to get a little bit better angle here. I just want you to watch the celebration. This is actually, look at the fans on the field. That 90s garb with some. Look, look right there. That's what we fell in love with, right? You don't, you don't see other professional athletes look like a little kid when they play the game. They're too busy trying to look cool, look swag, show up the other, you know, show up their opponents. Brett's as surprised as anybody that he made that throw, right? I love it. Look at Kendrick Taylor. Got to mention that name. He's the one who got the uh, the game-tying touchdown. <laughs> Look at Brett, still running around like a kid. So, again, you'll see it here. First of all, watch Taylor. Going to give him a little jab outside. That right there is absolutely huge. Let's roll it back. It's the subtle things, guys, especially in coverage. I'm going to take it down to 50 for just a second. Go real slow here. Watch him force that corner to pinch against the sideline. You know why, why the corner's doing that? Because he knows he's got safety help over here. He knows over here. He's got a safety with eyes on this receiver, but that safety's also got eyes on this tight end, which is Jackie Harris, okay? I remember the pump fake, so the safety stays at home just a second too long, bends him outside. That's The corner's expecting to have help over the top, and it ain't there because of that little baby pump fake. Now you see the safety is late to the ball game. I'm telling you, that pump fake is what made that play go. This guy could not get back to the point he needed to to make this play because of that pump fake. And, and again, what's crazy is hindsight being 2020, I guarantee you that safety, seeing this technique underneath and the tight end was covered down the seam, he wishes he just went deep and turned it into kind of a too high look, right? Or a too high, you know, late rotation, I guess you could say. Look at that. Brett just puts it on a line, threads the needle right into the whole shot, the bunker as we refer to it. Kendrick Taylor, touchdown. The legend is born. 
that was a lot of fun watching that game. I mean, it was it was an absolute blast. I, I just smiled the whole time listening to the 90s style announcers. But some of you guys are sitting there going, hold up a minute. That just tied the ball game up, right? Again, look, there was the, the pump fake. It was right after the pump fake. You see the safeties out. Of, see how the safety was flat-footed right there? Let me roll it back. I want to show that. Roll it back just a touch. When the safety comes into the frame, look how he's flat-footed. Like you could tell, he just now is making a move. He probably thinks the rookie ain't got enough arm strength to get it back there, too. That's why he was late. He's like, oh, crap. That pump fake did it. Bang, tie ball game. So now let's get to the fun part. And this is what makes this, this play so interesting. First of all, let's watch Brett. Let me go back to 75 so you ain't got to watch this super slow. Look at Brett, man, just absolutely fired up. That place was going nuts, too. If you could have heard the crowd on the TV, Brett's just looking for somebody to celebrate with. Nobody's interested, which is hilarious to me. There you see number 92, Jerkovich. Um, that kind of shows you that uh, that he uh, – Reggie wasn't even on the team yet. You see number 92 right there, right? So, poor guy lost his jersey or was off the team one when, when Reggie showed up. That's for darn sure. So, again, Kendrick Taylor. Look at, look at the first person to celebrate with Taylor on the sideline. That's fun. Look who it is. A Sterling, injured Sterling Sharp came over immediately. That was Sterling Sharp's play. He would have been the guy lined up up top there, right? And it might be the reason the safety didn't respect it as much. Now, I want you to look at Brett right here. Why does Brett look all like – he looks tore up, don't he? He's like, oh, crap. You know why? He's realizing he's got a hold for the kick. <laughs> he was the holder. Being the backup quarterback back then, he was the holder. And look at this look right here. As we're lined up for the kick, he's looking over to Holmgren like, dude, am I really having to hold the game-winning kick? I love this. This is probably my favorite part of the whole clip. I want you to watch Brett on this play. It's a tie ball game, 23-23. Chris Jackie lining up for the extra point to win it, right? Look at Brett. Here's the snap. The hold's down. Watch Brett here. Okay, you ready for this? Snap, hold. Look at this. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Steve Mariucci talked about this on NFL Network. You know, Brett's even talked about it. Brett said, I am not – he's not kicking my hand. He literally – Let's go of the football because he's afraid that Chris Jackie is going to kick his hand. And he's and, and Brett said, you know, I think it was Steve Mariucci said he he let go of the ball and it just kind of stuck there in the mud. Look at the ball just stick there as we roll it forward. Extra points good. Packers win. That's Brett Favre's first comeback win at Lambeau Field again, September 20th, 1990. And that right there would completely launch. 30 years of dominance in the NFC North. At the time, I think it was the NFC Central. Of course, they reshuffled everything around now. But, uh, yeah, that was the game that kind of launched and kicked everything off. Freaking, I love this stuff, man. I love it. When I watched that, it brought back so many memories. And at the time, I wasn't even a Packers fan, right? It was just, uh, I remember, you know, beginning to hear about this number four in, in, in Green Bay and, uh, and, you know, how he plays like a kid and hearing John Madden talk about John Madden absolutely fell in love with him. Right. You know, he, he, you've seen the Frank Caliendo skits where he's uh, acting like John Madden and, and uh, you know, making fun of his love affair for Brett Favre. Right. But uh, yeah, just good stuff, man.
Good stuff. Let's go to the chat here real quick before we wrap this big bear up. We got Red Mo in the chat. Appreciate you dropping in, buddy. We got Dole Soldier, like I said, Brandy. Uh, appreciate y'all stopping by the stream here on this Sunday afternoon. This is just kind of a surprise stream. Wanted to hop in here and uh, and 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 talk a little little old school. Like I said, there's no Packers, uh, no Packers football today. So what I thought we would do is let's go to the vault. Let's do a little chalk talk from the vault because we're going to do plenty of chalk talk with the current Packers this year. Um, again, it was just an opportunity to to kind of dig back and and there was many plays, man. I almost did the ice bowl. There's many games. I almost did the ice bowl. Uh, almost did Brett's uh, game after his father passed away on Monday Night Football. You know, he had his big game. Almost did Aaron Rodgers' first game. I was actually in Lambeau for that one. I was blessed to be there for that. But when I got to thinking about it, I'm like, look at the situation we're in this year as Packer fans, right? You've got Jordan Love taking the helm just like Aaron Rodgers did back in whenever it was, 2007, I think it was, 2008. Years run together. But now you've got a new quarterback stepping in. And I wanted to point out all the things – that had to go right for Brett to win that game, for the Packers to win that game. You know, all you see is the comeback victory, right? The two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. You think Brett did that, man. That's just magical. There was interceptions galore by the defense. The defense held their own the entire game. You had people like Sterling Sharp making play after play, right? You, I mean, there was a lot of different factors that came into play for the Packers to win that ball game. It wasn't just Brett. Uh, Kendrick Taylor, a guy that most people don't even know, if you were to ask, hey, who was – Brett Favre's first, uh, you know, game-winning touchdown to. I guarantee you they would probably say Sterling Sharp or they would say Antonio Freeman or Robert Brooks, which Robert Brooks was actually a rookie on this team. Oh, yeah, by the way, the reason we started on the 10-yard line there in the fourth quarter, that final drive, was because Robert Brooks fielded a kick and ran out of bounds at the 10-yard line. <laughs> and rather than let it bounce out of bounds, he tried to field it and gave him horrible field position. Still didn't matter. Sterling Sharp took over. Brett took over. The little Texas route was more important than anything because it got them just a little bit closer. And not only that, it forced the defense to really have to look underneath too, right? They had to look at those underneath routes. Pretty cool stuff. All right, let's see here. Uh, like I said, Zane was in the chat. We got uh, Jarrell in the chat. Said, love you, Clayton. Thank you for your content today. We love you, Jarrell. We appreciate you dropping by, man. We appreciate the uh, support. Chad Inc. in the house said, PTA Posse. Love it, love it, love it. I love what Zane says here too. Looking like Sean out there with the thinking emoji. Looked a little bit like Sean Clifford from the preseason, didn't it? I don't. I think that's a strong take, Zane, but I'm going to allow it because, man, he. Uh, again, you've heard me talk about in the preseason. It's, it's the first thing that came to mind for me was, man, he looks like a young Favre out there running around, just trying to trying to throw crap against the wall, see what sticks, right? And then uh, Chad, of course, in the chat said Brett's love for the game was so infectious. It really was, man. And I know people have got a lot of mixed feelings about Brett. I get it. Um, I'm here to talk football, man. I'm not here to talk about who you voted for for president. I'm not here to talk about um, all this other crap. I talk strictly football, you know, and and you're exactly right, Chad. Brett's love for the game was infectious. Reggie White absolutely adored Brett. You know, he always referred to Brett as like his younger brother. It's amazing how many people love Reggie, but they hate Brett. It's like, how does that even make sense? And I know Brett left on bad terms, and I was one of those fans that was like, you know what, I hope he falls flat on his face. But the second his career was over, hey, welcome back to Green Bay, man. Once a Packer, always a Packer, right? I'm always going to root for the G. I'm always going to root for the green and gold. I'm not a quote-unquote players fan, right? I'm always going to root for the Packers. Um, it doesn't mean you got to agree with everything that the front office does. You know I'm, I'm critical about the front office just like I am about uh, – I've been about Brett and I've been about Aaron, right? But, again, it's always going to be football here. But I agree, Chad, man. He was – 
his love for the game was absolutely awesome. I want to give a shout out to Zane Strong, who just became a member of the PTA Posse. Hey, man, welcome to the crew, dude. And anybody else who wants to join the YouTube membership, uh, you can just see on our homepage there on YouTube. You can click join for as little as $2.99 a month, and it supports the stream. And also, Zane, that enters you into the contest. We're going to spin the wheel Sunday night or Sunday afternoon after the Packers-Bears game. And uh, we're going to give away an autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey, just like the one right here over my shoulder. Um, anyone who is a member of the YouTube channel, what we refer to as the PTA Posse, um, you'll be entered into that contest and a chance to win an autographed jersey. We've already got other giveaways teed up, too. So um, every time that we do a giveaway, we're just going to draw from the YouTube members list. And again, it's just a way for us to give back to you guys uh, for supporting the stream, supporting the channel, that type of thing. Got Janelle in the chat said, I remember that game for the first time in two decades. I had hope that the Packers might be good. I think that's a great way to describe it, Janelle, for sure. It's a great way to describe it. All right. want to thank everybody in the chat. Again, this was just a little surprise stream. I thought, hey, let's do a little chalk talk, kind of kick the uh, kick the season off uh, since we've got a, a little mini buy here from the, uh, the preseason. Let's do a little classic chalk talk. Let's go into the vault. So we're going to call it chalk talk from the vault. And I appreciate you guys swinging by, hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go back, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over. If he's not, he drives down the first man who's inside.